Baldy with you, Baldy Reports, and with me is my good friend and fellow Marine veteran, Big Bad Joe Bitts. How's it going, Joe? Great, John. We were talking about Bunker Labs. So what was Bunker Labs again? Bunker Labs is a nonprofit organization headquartered out of Chicago, Illinois. And what they do, they're like a, a repository to help veterans become entrepreneurs. And what they do is they teach them classes, they teach them how to get their, their idea or their plan or their business or vision to fruition so they can become a profit and they can have a viable way to make money for them and their families. And then they also get corporations to help sponsor and to provide funding to the bunker lab so they can keep facilitating this. Now that there's a possibility of you working with them is probably maybe I'll maybe think about maybe joining because it's been out there. We do have a startup that we're working on. But like we said, I made a lot of mistakes when I started Ubaldi Reports because I didn't know anybody that started a business. Yeah, And those that did, all they kept telling me is, well, I don't like politics, but this is what you should do. Wasn't a way for me to get going. So I made a lot of mistakes that I've mentioned on previous podcasts. And it would have been nice to have an organization that gave me classes or showed me the way to do it. So I didn't lose all that money that I put into it. Yeah. Over the weekend, they were been talking about the moratorium of ending for, uh, I guess, basically what was going on. There was a moratorium that ended on Saturday. What was that? Well, there was a rental moratorium because as everybody knows, when the pandemic first hit, a lot, millions lost their jobs and they lost the ability to, pay the rent. Yeah. So under the Trump administration through the CDC, they went off a 1944 law where the CDC could get some type of guidance to say they can put a moratorium where you can't evict anybody for non-payment. But that was very loosely defined and every court from the lower courts ruled that it was unconstitutional. The president doesn't have that authority. But they, were they abiding by it or were they well, just kind of like... everybody was abiding by it until the courts came out. Well, the courts went all the way up to the Supreme Court and then Justice Kavanaugh said, okay, we'll just let it go and it expired, which expired on July 31st. After that, the president doesn't have the legal authority to extend it or, or implement something like that. That's for the legislature, which is the Congress, That's in their purview. That's their job. But what President Biden did prior to the expiration, he stated that I don't have the constitutional authority to do that. That's the Congress's job. I'll leave it to them. But he bowed to pressure from the progressives Mm -hmm. who wanted to extend it. So what they did is they extended it till I think, October the 1st or the 3rd. But it's only in areas that have I think they called it a red zone of coronavirus. Yeah. So, but the question is now, Jonathan Turley, constitutional scholar, which I've repeatedly mentioned on this program, he had stated that it was very duplicitous of Joe Biden first to say, I don't have the constitutional authority to do it. Then he said, well, it doesn't really matter. Even if it goes to the courts, we'll be months down the road. And then it will. so he's violating the con- his own oath to the Constitution to faithfully uphold the Constitution when 
The Democrats criticized President Trump for what they perceived violating constitutional norms through executive action. And Joe Biden is, is doing exactly what they criticized and even worse than what Donald Trump did. Now, the CDC comes out and says, oh, we're extending that moratorium. But me looking at that, I'm like, can the CDC do that? No, the CDC doesn't have that authority. So that's then a legisla- that's a legislative prerogative. That's their that's their what am I saying? That's constitutional authority. That's the problem what we've gone into in the last number of years, whether it's a Republican president or a Democratic president, is the legislator, the Congress, they punted everything to the executive. In this case, the progressives wanted the president to extend the moratorium. They don't want the Congress to act, the House and the Senate, because then their members are on record of extending the moratorium. So they mm-hmm. can always blame the president. See, he issued an executive order. It's his fault. And it's just the same thing with the um, immigration. We haven't had comprehensive immigration since 86. And Barack Obama did his the DREAM Act, DACA, and other things through executive order. When that's not his purview, that's in the legislature who've abdicated their core responsibility to the executive. So other things too, like, like what does this mean for like, can landlords just now follow the eviction and stuff like that? Well, like I said, it only, they can't evict you. So, but eventually that money's going to have to be paid. Yeah. Because what the Wall Street Journal on Monday issued an editorial article, Monday or Tuesday, I think it was. And what they said is, the longer you put this out, the money has to be repaid. You still have to pay your back rent. So let's just say, okay, even for myself, I let my lease expire in my apartment. Yeah. If I decide I don't have to pay that, that rent, you can't kick me out because of this moratorium. And let's say three or four months later, I'm out. I still have to pay that back rent. So that would be $8,000. Yeah. So the longer you wait, it becomes harder and harder for the, the rentee, but then for the renter or the, I'm sorry, the landlord, they're going to make a, a stipulation as time goes on. If they've not already thought of this, if they want to rent to somebody, they're going to make sure that person has the ability to pay and they have the, the proper income level. So now they, now, now, they, now they can do that. They could do credit checks or. Well, yeah, but they're going to look at, I talked to the um, complex management for my uh, complex that I left. And I said, you guys will probably look to see, I want your financial background to see, do you have the wherewithal to withstand? Let's say you lost your job. You have a couple months. I want to know what kind of job you make. What is your actual income? And they may, if you're in the service sector industry, then we're not going to rent to you because if something happens, you would lose everything and we wouldn't get our rent. And then the rental market will dry up and 50% of all uh, landowners or landholders who rent the property are just your mom and pop. Somebody who wants to rent a room, somebody who wants to rent a home, they're not slumlord. That would make it even harder for those in the low income bracket to find it viable and safe um, places to live. So they did make a kind of like a correlation this year is that a lot of people are kind of not paying their rent, but also they said that the mortgages have gone up 44%. Well, that's, and that goes back to the inflation issue 
where the Fed, the Federal Reserve and then the Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, and President Biden have said, this is a transitory thing, that this will, once the supply chain moves through the system, it will go back to normal. But now the Federal Reserve is starting to change its calculation and think this may be more persistent than we expect. And the Fed has, the Federal Reserve over the decades has always been wrong on a lot of their economic analysis mm-hmm. that caused problems for the American people because beyond food and gas, that's not tied to inflation because it's very cyclical, but it kind of goes up and down. It's very volatile. But everything else, rents have gone, more like the mortgages have gone up, used cars, new cars, all these things have gone up, utility costs. I mailed something for a friend at the UPS store on Tuesday, I believe. And Mm -hmm. he said, all our supplies, our bubble wrap, our cardboard, our packing material, all has gone up. Because I asked him, how is this going to impact Christmas? And he goes, I don't really want to talk about Christmas now. (laughs) But I told him I worked retail and they're ordering for Christmas. If they have supply chain disruption now, is everything going to be more expensive? during the Christmas holiday. And remember, because of online shopping, people are shopping much earlier for Christmas than they ever did years past. What's the reason behind that? Because of maybe from our supply being limited or why the increase in like pricing and stuff like that? A lot of it had to do when the economy shut down, all the production plants had to shut down as well. Mm-hmm. Then when they slowly reopened again, certain areas of the country opened faster than others. Like we live in Florida. After two weeks, Florida started opening much faster than, let's say, New York or California. So you have that. And then you have the shortage of workers because the federal government gives that extended $300 per month on top of the um, unemployment benefits the state give. So you can conceivably make more in not working than working. So they just can't find viable employees to hire. And then their costs have gone up. Then you figure energy costs. Like I work at Chick-fil-A. As an example, the general manager told me he pays $10,000 a month for utility costs. Well, that's far more than he paid in 2020 and far more than he paid in 2019 prior to the pandemic. All his other costs have gone up. So his suppliers are having trouble meeting the demand and their suppliers. So it, it, it has a residual effect down the food chain that people don't realize. And when the President Biden made a comment, when someone asked him about we can't find viable employees, and his answer was, well, maybe you just need to pay him more money. Well, that's easy for him to say for somebody who's never run a business. He's been on the public's doles his whole life. So he wouldn't know nor what his vice president or anybody that's advising him how the economy works when you either work for government or work in the academic community. So what else do we have out there that you wanted to talk about? Well, the other thing that ties into this whole disruption is the border. Now you have a big fight between Governor DeSantis, the Florida governor, and President Biden. President Biden wants the governor of Florida, the governor Abbott of Texas to get out of the way because he wants to put his mask mandate. And the governor of Florida is like, don't tell me about coronavirus, especially the Delta variant, when you're allowing hundreds of thousands of 
migrants to cross the border. Many of them are infected with COVID. And then you put them on bus and planes and you ship them all over the country. And a lot of them are coming to Florida. So is the spike in the Delta variant a direct cause of that? But you're not telling them to vaccinate or put a mask on. You're just dispersing them infected to the far reaches of the country. Also, they made mention that the Delta variant came out of India and how the numbers have significantly dropped over there. I haven't heard that, but I did talk to a friend of mine who's a chief operating officer of a local hospital. And I asked him about the Delta variant. He said, if you've been vaccinated, all it really is, is like having the flu. Yeah. But people aren't dying like they did during the coronavirus. And it's an interesting fact that was lost on a lot of media outlets and the president that like you take Washington, D.C. In the month of July, more people were murdered than died of the coronavirus. I think they had 21 people killed, but only eight people died from the coronavirus. That was the same thing in Illinois, New York, and many other places. Is this being hyped up because they want more control? I, I don't know. Well, that, that's just it. Nikki Freed, she's the head of agriculture over here in Florida. She's trying to make Governor DeSantis look bad by saying, like, oh, over the past, like, three days, we've seen a record of 13,000 cases. But, I mean, we haven't even hit 200 deaths from that. So, I mean, the death rate is very low. The problem is it is contagious, but DeSantis is doing the right thing. The easily infected or the most vulnerable, he's the one that he's keeping them in isolation, not everybody else. Well, exactly. And that one friend of mine who's that operating officer of the, the hospital said, the hospitals are not overwhelmed, as everybody says they are. And it's ironic that they hold Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott to one standard. Look how the media covered Gavin Newsom, uh, Governor Whitmer of Michigan, and definitely Look how the media loved Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York. Look how they handled that scandal, the nursing home scandal, but also the sexual assault. It's been off the radar for months until that bombshell report by the attorney general of New York came out saying he did, in fact, sexually assault those 11 women and then pushed hard to discredit. And then his brother was part of all that. Was it maybe a push okay so by cuomo kind of covering up or concealing the deaths from the old folks homes is that something that might contribute to them looking into and investigating the sexual harassment charge i can't remember how the sexual assault charges or harassment came to fruition but when it first came the media discounted it and then i think it came down to an investigation but he, he actually initiated it, and then the attorney general said this, in fact, did happen. Mm-hmm. But look how the media covered that situation compared to how they covered Brett Kavanaugh. But look how the media covers Ron DeSantis when he has far fewer deaths in the nursing home than Andrew Cuomo has, and Florida has a much higher elderly population. Yeah. So what's going to go on with Cuomo? Are they going to put apply or I guess put in for impeachment or are they just kind of waiting him out until he. It's interesting. They, it looks like they're going to go the impeachment route, but we'll have to see because the Democrats control the state legislature. 
from all reports, they have the votes. Let's just see what they do. And what does that mean? Does that mean like maybe is that good for Cuomo if he has like a majority of like Democrats on his side or is it? Well, no, gonna... I think I think at this point, Joe, is the Democrats are trying to kick him to the curb. They okay. want nothing to do. He's too toxic. He may have gotten away with it before, but I think this time it's one step too. They don't want any association with him. So they're going to distance themselves to them. The sooner this gets off the front page, the better for them. Yeah. Because remember how they treated Republicans with sexual assault. You're guilty. Like Maisie Hirona, the senator from Hawaii, told about Kavanaugh. He doesn't deserve due process. So let's see how they handle one of their own. And he was considered a high cabinet official. They were even considering him for attorney general. Mm Mm-hmm. Until all this stuff came out. So what else do we got out there, John? Well, besides the border, I mean, that's not getting um, fixed anytime soon. And and for the month of July, they had over 200,000 that they've apprehended crossing the border. And the the remarks by President Biden back in March that we always see an uptick in the winter, but it fades when it gets to the heat of the summer. Well, each month, there's a new record like August will probably end up breaking July's record, mm-hmm. but they really haven't done anything. He doesn't want to talk about it. Kamala Harris, the vice president, she was put in charge of the border. She's not doing anything. So this is becoming a liability for the president and it's coming on the heels of Democrats are getting blamed for their, the high crime rate in these urban cities. Well, actually, so there's two things right there, but I guess the approval, I don't know if it's approval rating, but it came out that Kamala Harris is by far the worst vice president of modern vice presidents. Did you see that? I saw that because when she's scripted, she's all right. But when she starts to, the reporters start to ask her basic questions, she's not good. She's not good on her feet. She's not a savvy politician. She's, I think she's ran too long on her looks and being a woman and a woman of color or you're racist or sexist instead of looking at it. Maybe it's you, but that's just it. They, the reason they said she was, I guess, considered the worst vice president is because people are racist and people are misogynist. Well, The way I would tell someone like that is, so you're telling me when she was interviewed by Lester Holt, you think Lester Holt is a conservative columnist or reporter or analyst? When he asked the basic question, are you going to the border? I've been to the border. He's like, you've been to the border? Well, I haven't been to Europe either. That's the best answer she could come up with. And when she goes to um, the Triangle, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, El Salvador, and she's telling these people, don't come. I mean, she's just tone deaf. She has, and she blames the country. We got to fix the countries of where they're coming from. Robert Ford, who was a former uh, Tennessee congressman, was a Democrat. He was on Fox News special report. And he's always said, we got to help these countries alleviate their problems. But the one thing I would ask him or Kamala Harris how do you restore the rule of law? How do you end the corruption? How do you get better economic opportunities in these countries? 
How do you get rid of the, the drug kingpins and the cartels and the corrupt police and judges? Mm-hmm. Even the policies of Joe Biden in these areas are contributing to the corruption in these countries. And nobody answers those basic questions because we spent about $42 billion since Kennedy trying to resurrect these countries. So I would like somebody to answer those basic questions. How are these countries? And I've been to Nicaragua. It could be a viable country for tourism. It's in a great spot. Why isn't it? So I guess we had, I guess her name's Cori Bush. Cori Bush. Okay, she is a Congress correct or Congress person, whatever you want to call them, or congressional representative. Yes, and she spends two hundred thousand dollars on her security, and then she, I guess, went public about saying that she spends two hundred thousand dollars on security, and she also wants to defund defund police. Well, I would make a correction. The campaign federal campaign disclosure said she spent seventy seven thousand. She criticized those that criticized her, said, well, if I spend $200,000, i have got to protect my life because I've been threatened. And now Trey Gowdy, who was a former Republican congressman, made a good comment. He goes, well, that's great. You want to defund the people who will investigate threats against public officials. Yeah. So you can have security for you, but the average... Americans' life is indispensable to your views. You well, can have security, but we can't. Yeah, security for me, not for thee. Exactly. We need the police. Yeah, are there bad cops? Yes. 99% of the police officers are very good. They do their job. But what you're doing is you're chasing away the good cops and you're leaving these hollowed out police forces. But beyond defund the police they haven't talked about these district attorneys who are not charging anybody for criminal activity Corey bush is a congressional representative in st louis kim gardner the da they let three murder suspects go because their own prosecutors didn't show up yeah they assigned one of the cases to a person on maternity leave and her answer to the backlog is we're just not going to charge anybody for a non violent crime oh that's great so you're gonna let criminals get away with murder now they can do anything they can shoplift they can steal they can do anything and st louis has been controlled by the crack since 1949 mm-hmm. how about fix your own city you guys caused the problem yeah no yeah they did and it's just it still baffles me about how the democrats play okay so with trump kind of not interjecting as much as he is does it kind of not give the media enough ammo to maybe use it against republicans and also does it is he kind of just like sitting back and just watching the democrats kind of eat themselves from all of what's going on i think he's a couple things are playing here one he's watching them eat their own. He interjects when he needs to interject. But now the focus isn't on Donald Trump, which the media focus like a laser beam. Now they have to focus on what's happening in these urban cities. Because Joe Biden is not creating enough news. So they have to go somewhere. And they're looking at how these governors and how these blue states are being run. That's why they go after Governor Abbott, but especially Governor DeSantis, because he potentially could be 
the Republican nominee for president in 2024. Yeah. So do we have anything else, John? No, those are a lot of things going. We'll have to see. I mean, the economy is starting to slow a little bit. I mean, jobs weren't created as much. Now, by the Bureau of Labor Statistics on Friday, which is be August 6th. So we'll have to see how many jobs are created. But inflation is getting is, is, is rearing its ugly head. That's going to continue. So we'll have to see how the economy goes in as we get into the fall. Will schools reopen? How is that going to look? Because of the Delta variant, we don't know. So oh, going back a little bit to the jobs and stuff like that. Now, had the moratorium uh, ended when it should have, when you when we have seen like a big increase in jobs because people are like, oh crap, I'm going to get kicked out of my house if I don't start paying a rent. And then they would just be trying to get the first job that they could. I mean, like you could probably be full staffed over at Chick-fil-A had the, this moratorium went through. Thing is, if you know that, it, you can just say, oh, I, they're just going to keep extending it. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. I mean, like the unemployment, federal unemployment officially ends next month. But okay. are, as we get closer to September, are they going to extend it some more? Well, I mean, then, they, didn't, they didn't extend the housing or the, the rent no, eviction moratorium. Did. Joe Biden did an executive order to extend it to October 3rd. Now the courts are going to get involved because some of the landlord community is an association are suing, but that takes time to will through the courts and we'll probably be close to October. So are they going to do the same thing with the federal unemployment? Yeah. All this has to do is getting the economy open and getting people back to work. But if you want to get people out of poverty, education is needs to be reformed big time. And we're seeing the dysfunction of American Institute educational institutions. So, all right, John, why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail.com. That's ubaldireports at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you go to Facebook, check out Ubaldi Reports group, and you can see us there. We'd love to hear what you think of this podcast and other podcasts. All right, so everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. Yep, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Until next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Yeah.